Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. You can be seated here and across the campuses if you're not already in a 12 Stone home. Here in a minute, Pastor Kevin's going to come and teach, and we're going to start our journey towards seven nights of prayer. We have high expectancy. We think God's invited us into something, but we think it's appropriate that we would start by looking back and remembering. See, 20 years ago this weekend, it felt like the world stopped. Can you remember where you were 20 years ago? I can still remember walking through my student center at college and hearing something on the radio about a plane. And I remember my world sort of going, what's going on? And we watched as a country was filled with fear. We're going, what's happening? And we watched September 12th for a season, a country unified together. It's a beautiful picture. And now we stand here again, and there's lots of questions, and still sometimes feels like the world's falling apart. But here's the invitation of God from Psalm 46. Listen to this. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Thank you, God. Even though, listen, therefore I will not fear, even though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, even though it feels like stuff's falling apart around us, God is our refuge. He says, be still and know that I am God. See, we're going to have a moment of silence, not just to look back and remember, but to be still and know that he is God. And anything that feels like it's falling apart, just put it in his hand. Say, God, I want to be still in this moment and know that you are God. So just pause, and I'm going to wrap us in prayer. So, Heavenly Father, we declare that you are God. You are a refuge in times of trouble. And God, as we look back at 20 years ago in the horrific tragedy, as we look at what's sort of around us now, and sometimes it feels like things are falling apart, God, we look to you, don't we? We look to you, God. You are our refuge. We don't fear like the world, world fears. We don't tremble like the world trembles because we know who we have, and we have a God who is our refuge in our times of trouble. And so God, I pray you continue to heal our nation God, would you bring a, a nation into unity under the name of Jesus? Would you bring peace and comfort where it's needed? And God, would we have the hope? Would we grab a hold of the hope of the song we just sung, that Jesus, you died, you resurrected, and you invite us into a new kingdom that will never fall, that will never quake, that will never tremble. So it is that that we have our hope in Jesus. We love you in your heavenly name. Amen. And so we're going to bring Pastor Kevin out, and we're going to jump into our seven days of prayer. Here's the interesting thing. He's in a super good mood today, and, and here's the deal. In the last two weeks, he dropped off his last kid at college after parenting for 78 years. Woo! <laughs> Maybe longer. It's longer. And then, it up. so you dropped him off at of college, and we stayed here and worked, and he went to the beach. Good luck, Pastor Kevin. Come on, how many are beach people? Let me see your hands. How many people you love the beach? Yeah. It was, we dropped him off, and then 
while you're working, we went to the beach. And feel free to hate us because with the kindness of some friends, we ended up in a place called Exuma, Bahamas. And just in case you're not jealous, let me just push it down just a little further and show you uh, what we enjoyed every day. Taking our daily walk. Totally isolated. In the name of Jesus. How many know that that's just a slice of heaven? How many know that's going to be there? Oh, my goodness, it's fantastic. And, and, and we were taking our walks. And, and Marsha and I, are, we're, we're so much alike, but we're so different. We see things differently. Like, well, we got to this one section, and there was a, 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 the water is so beautiful, so clear. And there was a barracuda, and about four, four and a half foot barracuda. Now, when I see that, here's my interpretation. God showed the barracuda to me so that I would not get in the water because he's going to bite me. And I'm afraid my wife sees it and thinks, oh, God showed us the barracuda so I could swim with the barracuda. He won't bite me because he's afraid of me. And she jumps in. I, that's just it's just who I married. I don't know who you are and how you how many of you would jump in with the barracuda? How many of you do? I mean. You're, yeah, you're just, how many of you know that's stupid? You're just, you're not doing that. But what we are the same in is the way we see prayer. What we share a heart and we, on our walk, we had conversations about you and about this invitation of God for the seven nights of prayer. And how we long for this to be a, a revival of prayer for you, wherever you are. If you're at a 12 stone live, a 12 stone home, you're online, you know, whatever state or country you're in, may God grant a revival of prayer. And here's why this is so important. Let me put it on the screen because God has chosen these words matter because God has chosen to make prayer the path to his presence, his power and his purpose. That's why this is so important. And we talked as we walked together and I said, I just, I, I, I wish I knew how to captivate people and convince them of the very thing that, that has transformed our life. Every good thing that we have in our life that we can talk about is rooted in prayer. We look back and our marriage in a couple of years was not doing well. And we wondered, would we ever make it? And we're followers of Christ in the ministry. And now we celebrate 39 years and, and, and deeply in love and the kindness of God. How we look back and we can now see over these 39, 40 years of being together, the power of God through prayer. And that's true in marriage and family and our finances and career and breakthrough and character and, 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 and the power of God in the hand and the lives of others. We just, if we could just find out how to transfer what we know to be true about prayer. I'm going to try today, but here, here's the hope. And I, wait, I have hopes. We have hopes for you. Here they, here they are for, for today and for the seven nights of prayer. I hope you change your calendar at all costs to engage in the seven nights of prayer. I hope you have a mountaintop experience of God's presence, power, and purpose. I hope you find a renewed faith in God's power through prayer with a fresh fire to pray. May God stir that even now, may the Holy Spirit descend and stir things and awaken things in you.
that have since been lost, or maybe you're spiritually unresolved, you are not aware of the power and the presence of God and his purpose in your life. So we pray these things for you. And maybe we should just talk about it. Oh, good. In fact, if you ask me a couple of questions, I'll answer them. Oh, you didn't come prepared? I wrote them for you. So here's your two questions for me. Ready? What do you pray and what do you pray about? Oh, great questions. You put some time in this. You're asking me, PK, what do you pray and what do you pray about? So now wherever you are, Tulsa and Live, Tulsa and Home, online, wherever you are, I don't care if you're listening, y'all ask that of me and I'll answer. So you ready? All here, sure, love, pray, loud, proud, read the questions to me. What are you asking? Why do you pray and what do you pray? Oh, those are great questions. I'm glad you asked. Let's go to the first one. Question, why do you pray? And here's the answer. Reality and reward. Write it down, put it in your phone, get it in your notes, get it in your head, get it in your heart. Reality and reward. Let's unpack it. It comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. By the way, who are you out to please? Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he, what everybody, exists. This is reality. God exists. Must believe that he exists and that he, what everybody, rewards those who earnestly seek him. Why do I pray? The first reason I pray is because God is reality. Hear me, prayer is a declaration of reality. When you pray, you are declaring what you know to be reality. You're, you're not going to live in the ignorance of a world that denies reality. When you pray, you're acknowledging that God exists. You're, you are created by the living God on purpose and for a purpose. You are not some pseudoscience cosmic accident without purpose, without reason, without design. You come from spirit realm and you'll return to it. You're wrapped in a physical body. And we knew all this until sin blinded us and undid and destroyed every good thing. So prayer is a declaration of reality. When I pray, I enter full reality. Listen to Psalm 33. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Just listen. Just wherever you are. Just Even if you have to close your eyes and just absorb the weight of this and its truth. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and the world came to be. The Lord foils the plans of the nations, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. No king is saved by the size of his own army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. We wait in hope for the Lord. In other words, we pray for he is our help and shield. See, prayer is a declaration of reality in a world of ignorance. A world who ignores the truth. And ignorance is costly. While we were on Exuma, we took a little adventure. And, and we took kayaks from that beach you saw a picture of glory. And, and we, 
we, we kayaked out about a mile to it seemed I checked it on the map out a mile two out to this little duck K or key, depending on where you're from. And, and, and it was beautiful across the water. You could see down to the bottom. It just blows your mind. And, and, and when we got to, to the island, we took a picture. Here's a picture of us on the island looking mighty cool. We achieved it. We, yeah, I got my, my Harley Davidson hat and glasses. She got her cool little glass, her favorite one she runs with. We got the kayaks up there. And now we got to return. So we returned, and we, we spent a lot of time in the water doing this. It was just great. And I decided when we were coming back that I wanted to see if I could get the whole kayak up on the beach. Like, could I get fast enough to get a little bit of momentum of the waves behind us that we could get up on the whole beach? So let, let my arm represent the beach we were coming back up into. And where the waves are going to help us, and this is me. This is kayak. Got it? Everybody got the picture? Say you do, so I can keep going. You got this? Yeah. Okay, so, so I'm just going to try and do as fast as I can and then hit the beach and slide. How far up can I go? So we're a distance out, and I'm just, I am pushing it. And the marshal starts pushing it. I'm like, I'm giving it everything. I mean, I'm, I'm making my own wake. And I get the waves. I'm surfing. What, what I don't realize is it's not this smooth thing up to the beach. There's a shelf right there. I, I'm too ignorant. I don't know where I'm coming in. And, and, and as I come in with all this momentum, the wave hits here, and I realize this is just a shelf. This is a drop. The wave is pushing my back up and the front forward, and I hit it dead. I face plant so hard. I mean, the kayak rolls over me. I'm rolling. I've got sand and cracks I don't know I have. I mean, it's just the hat and the glasses. It's a yard sale. Marsha's the same thing for her. It's going all over. Then, of course, the kayak gets sucked out into the water. So I'm like, get up, get up, because I don't want to go swim and get the kayaks. So I get my kayak. She gets hers. We're bringing it up on the beach. We look like soaked rats, like we just got beat up. Well, we're trying to get our stuff, bottles of water, our phones that we're in this lock case and, 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 and try, trying to get the paddle. And then as soon as we get half that, the water comes in and takes the kayak out again. We're not far enough. And we just look like idiots. If you had film of this, just like, like the three stooges, what is what they have no idea what they're doing. Ignorance caused, crashed and burned. She lost her favorite glasses, her Oakley's. There is some turtle out there. Super cool. Just cruising <laughs> along with Oakley's never found him. We are living in a world and a nation that is ignoring God as if he doesn't exist. When you ignore God, that chosen ignorance is delusional. When you don't pray, you're declaring that you think the reality is absent of God. When you pray, it is a declaration of reality. It is joining with Christ and his teachings of prayer, including this. When Jesus said in Luke chapter 18 to his disciples, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always what everybody pray. Always what? Pray with passion. Let me hear you. They should always what? Pray and not give up. Like, like you don't quit praying. Prayer is the reality. So you asked me, why do I pray? I'm glad you did. First reason. <laughs> I pray because it's a declaration of reality. You enter reality when you pray, but also for reward. For what? Reward. You go back to that scripture, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, chapter 11 of Hebrews has a list of people who would tell you, oh, prayer rewards. Oh, my gracious, it rewards. You should pray. 
David being one of those. David was, I don't know, 13, we don't know, 11, 12, 13, when he was anointed to be future king over all of Israel, but nothing happened for years. Then about 17 years old, he ends up accidentally on a battlefield, and, and there's Goliath, and he decides to take down Goliath. The Spirit of God comes on him, and he swings his, his sling, and the stone hits and takes down Goliath. And now for the next 13 years, up until 30, he becomes the most famous powerful, successful warrior in all of Israel. Then he becomes king over Judah. Then by 37, he's king over all of Israel. He is a mighty warrior. And his enemies are still coming after him in the battlefield. Philistines come attack him. Well, when you're 37 and you've won that many battles for 20 years and you have no warrior, you're equal. You are self-sufficient, right? I mean, by the time you hit there, you're like, I think I got this. Not for David. You know what he did? He changed his calendar. He changed his what? Calendar. Changed his calendar, stopped and prayed. The mighty warrior stops everything to pray. Because he knew prayer rewards. See, that's when you enter the presence of God. That's when you experience the power of God. That's when you have the purpose of God. And there's nothing like that. Say, God, give me direction. God, give me understanding. Grant your power. What is your purpose in this? And when he got his directions, he followed him. And then David won. That's what 2 Samuel 5 tells us. Whole stories in 2 Samuel 5. And David won. And everybody celebrated David, but who did David celebrate? God. See, David knew how he won because God rewards. No wonder David wrote in Psalm 20. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king. Answer us when we call, when we pray. Church, for the next seven nights, listen, for the next seven nights, we're going to change our calendars. We're going to stop everything. And we're going to pray. From 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. is the plan. Now, we might be in prayer longer, but we can stay as long as you want or leave after the hour. It's going to be at the central campus, one gathering, because that was a clear prompt of the Lord, including the seven nights. And we're going to stop and pray. I'm not going to talk about prayer. We're going to pray. And well, what's, what's going to happen during that hour? That's up to God, but we have some general direction. We're going to have conversations about prayer for about 20 minutes. That'll help guide you. We're going to get into worship and prayer for about 20 minutes. About 15, 20 minutes, we're going to pray over you. Individually, in the battles that you face. Because prayer rewards. And that may take longer. We'll see. It's going to be hands-on prayer. We'll talk about that this evening. But prayer rewards. Why do I pray? Because it's reality and it rewards. You had a second question, as I recall. Let's check out your question. What do you pray about? What was your question again? Oh, yeah. What do we pray about? What do I pray about? I pray about life's battles. Don't, don't overcomplicate this. Pray about life's battles. You say, oh, I don't know what to pray about. You don't have any battles? 
How many people have things you're battling through? Anybody? Anybody? Things you're battling through? And let's do this. And hands up in your 12-stone home, or even if you're there with your family, or online, or wherever you are. Let's do it again. How many of you have any battles anywhere in your life? Hands up. Well, yeah. Hello. So, so prayer is real life, declaring reality. You're going after. I'm like, oh, look, I got battles. And remember, remember where? Remember what we've already said. God has chosen to make prayer the path to His. Presence, his what? Presence and his power, his what? Power and his purpose, his what? Purpose. And those are the things I tend to have to battle with. Getting my presence into the presence of God tends to be a battle for me. Let's call that the first battle, if you will. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hang on, hang on, let's talk. He rewards those who earnestly, earnestly, diligently, earnestly seek him. I, ha I have a problem. I'll confess it. Maybe you have to. I want a mountaintop experience without having to do the climb. Just me? Two of us. Thank you. <laughs> Two honest people. I want a million dollar faith on a five dollar investment. I want the whole of God on half effort. But that scripture doesn't say he rewards those who casually seek him. He rewards those who earnestly, who what? Earnestly. Keep listening. Earnestly means it costs you something. See, the reason many of us never enter the presence of God is because we are in our own way. The very nature of coming to God is that you have to die to yourself to find Jesus to get life. You have to die to yourself to find life in Christ. It seems like an oxymoron. It seems like the opposite. I want life. I have to die to myself to get life. Yes, you have to get out of your own way to enter into the presence of God. Why? Because you're in your own way. You make yourself first. When you do the self-denial, die to yourself, you elevate who you are seeking as in the Lord. And when things in you die to seek him, he is freed up to bring his presence into yours. Because the only way he can is when he's preeminent. And you don't experience his presence unless you pursue his preeminence. And many of us pray as us first and wonder what's happening in prayer. It's because you have the wrong order. You have to get out of your own way. You seek earnestly, not because he's hard to find, but because you're in the way. So you got to get out of the way. And it's a battle to get yourself out of the way, isn't it? It is for me. I come to prayer and I come with my list. List, oh God, move on this. I don't even come to prayer and first I'm about him. So now I got to change my calendar, change my schedule, change the agenda. I have to get in the presence of God before I can experience the power of God so I can get on the purpose of God and actually go about life. That's a battle. And Benny, it just, just breaks down before you get there. See, I have to, here's how David said it in Psalm 34. Taste, let's put it up there for you. Taste and see. Say that with me, everybody. Do what? Taste and see. One more time. Wherever you are listening, just say it with me. Do what? 
taste and see what that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see. Literally, you go back to the Hebrew, taste and see means nothing more than try and experience. In other words, you have to move from spectator to participant, from watching to engaging. You can't sit back, well, let's just see. I've heard people say, well, I would, I would worship God more if I experienced his presence. How about you would experience his presence if you worshiped him first? You have to taste and see. You have to move from spectator to participant, from consumer to engaged. On my birthday this past July, I told Marsh, don't bother making anything sweet. I'll just, I'll just call Blue Rooster in Lawrenceville, Georgia, the bakery, and I'll order some cupcakes. By the way, anybody love cupcakes? Who loves cupcakes? If, if you don't, you're not going to like heaven because they're going to be everywhere. <laughs> and, and, and I asked, do you have German chocolate? That is my absolute bar none. Fit. And I didn't. I didn't want to see them. I didn't want to, oh, do you have them? Because I just want to come look mm, and then walk away. No, I wanted to buy them. And, and, and I did. They, they had four. I told them on the phone, hold them because they go fast. And, and it doesn't matter. They're, all the cupcakes are good. But, but, but I had to get the German chocolate. Now, this is what you do in a family if you don't want anybody to take yours. If you're not ready to eat it yet, let me show you again. If you're not ready to eat it, just lick it and say, mine, dibs, works every time. This right here, mm, that is glorious. Taste. Oh, I see. This is good. You're not going to experience the presence, the power, and the purpose of God if you sit at a distance in the seven nights. This is, an this is not an invitation to watch somebody else eat. This isn't a food channel. You gain nothing by watching somebody else eat. You know nothing about the food. You haven't tasted anything. So Travis and I thought, well, this, you know what? We can't just talk about it. We got to demonstrate it. So Travis, where are you, my friend? Come on, brother. I got, I got to ask. What made you think of me? I'm shocked. <laughs> Love. <laughs> yes. Pure. Pure. Uh, and the assumption that you like cupcakes. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're, but, you have but, no reason to think that at all. No, that I would be uh, anyone anyway interested in However, cupcakes. here's what we thought. We said, you know what? I bought five. By the way, they are in containers. So I bought five additional cupcakes. And, and, and we have vanilla, strawberry, chocolate, pumpkin, Oreo. What if we just pick three people here who would love to come enjoy I'm, right yes. here? Can I be one of the three? You are, okay. No, you're four. Oh, okay, great. Okay. Yes. How many would love to taste and see? Just pick. Just pick. All right. Just, All just right. grab. Go grab right. three people. Okay, yep, he's right going to grab three row. people. Uh, now, yeah, just yes, come on up sir. here. If he, grab, yes. if he picks you, come yeah, on up Ryan here. Hart, and yes. Gentlemen, so, come on up. All right, okay. come on up. So Have everybody welcome them. Come on, let's yes, welcome yes, them to the stage. Come on up, have a seat. Okay, now, have you guys, seat, how are we doing, buddy? You guys can just pick the one you yeah, want. Yeah. Don't let Travis pick first. No, no, I have to. Look it over, it. fight amongst the each other. Sacrifices I pick make for you people. Pick your favorite. He already grabbed the chocolate. Well done. All right, good. <laughs> 
Feel free to open it. All right, here you go. She asked me to choose. I'm the biggest one up here. She's like, you choose first. No, no. Because you don't want to fight. She's nervous. She's scared of you. Now, you guys are going to taste and see how good it is. I'm going to go back and teach. And I'll see them in about five minutes. It's story time. You guys can listen into story time. Enjoy your coffee. Enjoy your cupcake. You all can occasionally look over there from a distance as non-participants tasting absolutely nothing. Ooh, that's a little coconut. Mm. And you can just wonder how good it must be to taste. Now, let me tell you a story. Moses had an experience with the presence of God. And it was profound because it's where he discovered how to navigate the battle for power. For what? See, prayer is the path, not just to God's presence, but God's power. Perhaps it is my favorite picture in all of scripture about prayer. Exodus chapter 17. God takes Moses, calls him to become the leader. He brings Israel out of bondage across the Red Sea. And what happens? An enemy attacks the Amalekites. When the enemy attacks, God tells Moses, send Joshua to gather some warriors and go fight. But you, Moses, get up on the mountain. If you haven't heard this story, I'll just brief it. You, Moses, get up on the mountain. Hands up prayer. Now you're praying over the battlefield. While you're praying over the battlefield, he has Aaron over here and her, H-U-R, over here, the two guys. And, and, and Joshua is down the battle. And while he's hands up prayer, oh, God, give favor. Oh, God, give victory. Oh, God, pour out your power. Joshua and Israel's winning. It's awesome. After a while, he gets tired. He gets what? We all do. Everybody gets tired. Tired of praying, tired on the battlefield. He gets tired. He's like, woo, this is awesome. Thank you, God. Great. He relaxes. And then when he relaxes from prayer and drops his hands, he realizes, hold it, hold it, hold it. Joshua and the Israelites are losing. God, what are you doing? God, God, help him, help him. He puts his hands back. I don't know how many times he had to do this. Put his hands back up, and Israel's winning. Hold it. Hands up, they're winning. Hands down, they're losing. Hands up, they're Everybody do it with me. Come on, let's get in. You ready? Everybody, wherever you are, hands up. Both hands up. Both hands up if you physically can. Hey, hands up. Hands up, Israel's winning. This is prayer. This is the power of God pouring out. Hands down. This is prayerless. Pretty soon you're losing. Hands up. Oh, God, help my marriage. Pour over my marriage. Knit us together. Teach us how to forgive and love one another. We got a battle we're in right now for our marriage to get to the next level. Oh, thank you, God. Hands down. Now you're not praying for your marriage. Like, how come our marriage is losing? We were doing so good. Hands up. Oh, God, over our kids. God, we pray for your covering, your protection, your guidance. Pray you help them navigate this in this key relationship. They're making huge character decisions. Oh, God. And you see momentum. Oh, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. I'm tired of that prayer. Pretty soon you're prayerless and powerless. Hands up. Oh, God, over my career. Hey, hey, some of you are quitting. <laughs> Hands up. Oh, God, over my career, over my fight. You get it, right? You get tired of it. You quit praying. Do you know what? This is an invitation of God for us to learn once again. Hands up prayer. It is the power of God released when we pray. By God's design, there is a cooperative move of God in this. 
And part of that battle for the power of God is going to be through this experience of ACTS acts. Acts is adoration. And you're going to experience that in our seven nights of prayer and what it means to come into the presence of God. And we adore him rather than engage selfish ambition. You got to break through that. I got, I got battles to break through that. I need the power of God in confession. I got temptation and sins. And, and so what does it mean to confess before the Lord and be forgiven? Confession is an important part of it. T, thanksgiving. To move from an ungrateful to a grateful heart. We'll practice that. Supplication or stuff as I call it. Here's my battles. Here's what I'm breakthrough in character. Here's some mental health issues. God, I'm navigating. I got anger. I got, I got sadness. I, I, I got bitterness. I, I got issues. God, here's my addiction before you. God, here's what's going on in our marriage. Here's going on in my family. Here's our finances. Here's our circumstances. Oh, God, here's what's going on with a friend. I'm praying for them. We're, we're going to engage the whole of the power of God to be unleashed in the seven nights of prayer. And then we're going to pray over you for the power of God to move over you. And you may not choose to jump in line and be a part of the prayer. We'll have several stations of pastors and leaders and others to pray over you. We think God desires to unleash his power if we would come and worship him and set his presence as our first pursuit so that his power unleashes. But you know what? God's going to do cool things all week, and you won't even know if you're not there. If you're sad, this, you're like, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, you know why? Because you didn't taste and see. Taste and see matters. Let's go find out if it really does matter. Let's just come on over here. All right, guys. I'll give it up for them again. You know, they're playing this no, no, a role. And... All right, so, so is it true? Does taste and see matter? We're, I, I said they were good. Let's oh, just yeah. do a scale, 1 to 10, okay? 10 is awesome. Chavez, 10 is awesome. 1 yes. is like, no. no. What did oh, you have? I had the strawberries, the healthiest. That's why uh, I had it. Yeah. You I went for fruit. A, yeah, I went with the fruit. I figured scale lose, one to ten. Lose weight. Oh, 11. It's fan, It's amazing. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we got scale one to ten. A ten. Easy. It was ten for sure. Ten. Everybody, ten point two. <laughs> Tad Travis in. Listen. Some will walk away from seven nights of prayer and say it was a ten, and others will never know what happened. All based on whether or not you're just a distant consumer or an engaged participant. Hey, there's one left. What should we do with that, Travis? Yeah, you want it? No. Okay. You can have it. Actually, I what? Don't, no, you I shouldn't. You should. Is there maybe there, uh, one should, person? There's one person all the way on the other side. You go give it to No, them. I feel bad. You go give all, Let's okay. thank them for helping us. All the way Taste over. and see. Give it up for them. Thanks right. for helping us. Travis, you go give it to somebody else. All right. Can I challenge you? The answer is yes. Can I have the freedom to challenge you? That was highly unsupportive. Can I have the freedom to challenge you? Because I don't want to offend you. But even if it is slightly offensive, but honoring, we should hear it. If you don't earnestly seek, I don't think you'll know anything of the fresh presence of God in the next seven nights or his power upon your life, which you long for. In fact, I just wonder, here's the challenge. If you're in driving distance and you could be physically present and you decide, ah, that's too much work. 
I'll just watch live stream. Stay with me. I'm not sure that you'll experience the presence and the power of God because that decision was made for your convenience on casual. I think if there's not a cost and an earnestness, you are not getting you out of the way. Maybe, maybe to get on the live stream, which isn't the primary path of the seven nights of prayer, but we will live stream anyway. We're not going to lean into it as the primary, but we'll at least have the cameras on. Maybe for you to get on live stream because the distance is too far or the circumstances of a given day are too difficult and for you to just get live stream and engage is earnestly seeking. And then I think you will experience the presence and the power of God. So maybe make a decision right now. Okay, one night out of seven, I got to be there in person. I've already heard of 12 stone home groups that are at a long distance away out of state who are coming together as a group to one of the seven nights of prayer just to be part of it. Maybe you make a decision right now as, as a couple or as you leave from service today or from this moment of teaching and you agree as a couple, okay, which night are we going to go? Let's get a babysitter. Let's call it date night. Or you decide, okay, let's make a decision as a couple. I'll go this night and you watch the kids and then, then I'll watch the kids and you go the next night. Maybe, maybe you'll trade with friends and you'll say, take our kids, we'll take yours and we'll exchange. Maybe you're a single parent. You're like, I can't make that work. So you trade nights with single parents, I, whatever it takes. I'm not telling you how many nights to come or not come. You talk to the Holy Spirit. You say, God, what would it mean for me to earnestly seek you? And then you seek. See, I think this casual convenience that has been cultivated in our Christianity is killing us because we're in the way. And if we don't earnestly seek, make him preeminent, we're not going to enter into his presence. We're not going to experience the fullness of what he would desire to give in his power. See, when Marsh and I were walking, he said, oh, if God could help us figure out how to say to you what he's convinced us of, I, I don't know how to say it well. Our life is transformed because every major breakthrough is rooted in prayer. Listen, listen. This is not merely seven nights of prayer. This is a fork in the road. This is going to change the trajectory of your life. See, if you learn to pray, if you have a fresh experience in the presence of God, if you figure out how to tap into the invitation of the power of God, it's a new fork in the road. You're going to go a different direction. It's going to change the way you live in the next six weeks. It's going to change your marriage or your dating relationship in the next three months. It's going to change the way you parent in the next six months. It's going to change your career in the next 12 months. Your character is going to be transformed. Every time you hit a problem in the battlefield, you're going to turn immediately to God in prayer. It is going to reorient the way you do life. And you go do that for 40 years and you'll look back and you'll realize, oh my gracious, as Marcia and I do, if we had not learned to pray in our 20s, where would we be? Whatever age you are, learn to pray. And God's making an invitation to us.
I wish I could convince you of things like these three things that we're convinced of. Prayer is the greatest untapped power on earth. I, I believe that. That among Christ's followers, prayer is perhaps the most believed yet neglected invitation of God. And yet God has chosen to make prayer the path to his presence, his power, and his purpose. And by the way, his purpose, that's the third battle. See, faith is not finding your own purpose and then asking God to bless it. Faith is stopping and praying to get the purpose of God and then asking for his presence and his power to fulfill that purpose. When we were leaving Exuma, we got to the airport around noon and the plane was leaving a bit after. And, and the, it's a little airport. And there's only one room, the terminal room. It's just, just small, not comfortable. And we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And finally, the pilot comes in. We have mechanical difficulties. Five hours. When I say wait, I want you to see the quality of the room experience I'm talking about. That's the only place you can be for five hours. You're already through customs. You can't go. We don't know what's going on. We, 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 it's like the most aimless purpose, doing my favorite thing, waiting, my absolute favorite thing in life. We don't have any information. We don't know how long this is going to go. Feels like the last 18 months, doesn't it? And you almost lose clarity and perspective and purpose. And, you just... and then they said, we are now inviting you on the plane. Glory to God. We were all elated. You know, I think. What if God right now is saying to us as a people, I'm inviting you on the plane <laughs> back to purpose, back to why I created you. In these seven nights of prayer, it is a calling, an invitation to find fresh purpose. Don't tell me it wouldn't matter to you men, women, families, married, singles young people to have the spirit of God breathe fresh purpose, fresh purpose in your marriage, in your family and your career and your calling. Who you need that, whether you're 20s, 40s, 60s. I think he'll do it. I think he'll speak to you personally. I think he'll speak to us collectively how to get on the plane and go forward and get back home, back to purpose. That is the power of prayer. So there are things we hope for you. I'll remind you of them. We started with this. I hope you change your calendar at all costs to engage in the seven nights of prayer. I hope you have a mountaintop experience of God's presence, power, and purpose. I hope you find a renewed faith in God's power through prayer and a fresh fire to pray. And so with that, I'm going to turn the service over to the campus pastors. We're going to pray together that God might do all that he desires to do and more that we could ask or think. So let's pray.
Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one. 